Oh, sorry, Vern. <laughs> didn't mean to wake you up. I just didn't want you to miss today's big entertainment extravaganza. That's right, Burn. Today's the big day when your old buddy Ernest P. Worrell will go down in those big fake history books. Just think, Burn. Kids in the future will have my name as one of the multiple choices on all their history exams, like, like below the equator or or textiles or or even none of the above. Well, going back to sleep, Burn. You still got a couple hours. Oh, and Burn. I like you, little bear. <laughs> I went to your schools, I did my detention, but the walls are so gray, I can't pay attention. I read your gospel, it moved me to tears, but I couldn't find the hate and I couldn't find the fear. I met your savior, I knelt to his feet. Took my jump box and he went down the street I tried to believe all the things that you said But my friends are all dying or already dead Where's the toast to St. Joe's drummer? This week, my heart's been trying to kill me. Yeah, if you listen, if you're one of the two people listen to our live stream on Friday, you know this. Yeah, I guess we got to go to the doctor um, this week. I think the solution is probably going to be demon blood. And then do some cocaine about it. Yeah, that's that's always been good for everybody's sticker. <laughs> Just do some cocaine about it. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not anything super bad, but um, I got the feeling it's going to be like, oh, this is what you get for being a loser for the entirety of your 20s. Now your heart's broken forever. <laughs> How long has it been going on? So um, I've had this thing where like my heart will race or flutter occasionally for like a few years, but it, it's not ever constant and it like usually will go away, right? Just regular palpitations, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all of a sudden, like, um, it's been months since I've had even like the heart fluttering thing or whatever. And it just kind of started again, like Monday this week, maybe Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sunday or Monday. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like not fluttering or racing like it normally does. Now it's like, I can feel my heart like stop. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty annoying. It's Um, a good sign. Yeah, I guess I'm still um, apparently didn't get over like the fatalism or nihilism I've had since I was a teenager, though, because I'm like not uh, too worried about it killing me or anything. I'm mostly just like, well, this is fucking annoying. But it could also just be one of those things that won't kill you and it's just fucking annoying, too. So, yeah, like after drinking on Saturday, Friday night, when we did the stream. I woke up Saturday morning and like felt like shit anyways, because I can't really drink anymore. But um, I was like, man, if I go back to sleep and I don't wake up, I don't give a fuck. Well, here you are. Yep, but I made it. Um, plenty. I mean, it'll probably be a while before I can see a doctor, so there's plenty more times I can go to sleep and not wake up like my hero divine. That's what pisses me off, though, is like I'm in like relatively good shape. I'm pretty healthy. I've been eating healthier and like only drinking water for like months now. 
and it's like uh what all these i see all these other like fat loser pieces of shit running around that presumably as far as i know they don't have heart problems why do i have like a stupid heart problem (laughs) well i I don't know start drinking uh coke that's your problem you need to drink those big gulps Pisses me off. Just two, like liters said, of two liters of soda a day. Looking, watching Triple H, and I was like, that steroid piece of shit. What, what's wrong? What's going on with his heart? <laughs> well, I mean, 100%, you would never know if Triple H had a heart problem until he like, fucking killed him. So Yeah. <laughs> well, based on the symptoms, it does seem like atrial fibrillation, which is what our dad and his mom had, which is, you know, maybe it'll just end up being a genetic thing. But apparently, if you don't get medication or treatment for it, you can have a stroke. So I guess I probably shouldn't have a stroke. No, nah, it's probably probably something to avoid. Well, and then, yeah, I was talking to our mom about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I guess I still don't really care about dying or not. And she's like, well, it'll probably be a shitty way to die. Did you think of that? And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the manner of death is always important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you tried that shit like when you bear down and, and cough? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's kind of just doing it, been doing it constantly for the, for the last few days. At first, though, there's like this sense of dread that would come from it, right? Because my I could I legit feel my heart stop and like my it takes my breath away and I can like feel it in my neck that the blood flow stops. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a sense of dread that came from it. But now, since it's been like three days, it's more just like fucking knock it off. You just go to the ER. Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to go try to make a doctor's appointment this week. I need to get access, I guess. Which, yeah, um, you uh, just apply for it and go. And then, you just uh, do it online? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's the annoying thing about it. As with, like, we've, I guess we've talked about it the last few weeks about being poor and stuff. Is like, uh, it's a, like there's all this extra shit I have to do just to go to the doctor when, like, my heart hurts. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I can't. Yeah, I could go to the emergency room, and like I will if I have to, right? But there's we live in Arizona, so it's a pandemic state. It's terrible. I don't want to go to the emergency room and like expose our family to it. And then also, I don't have health insurance. Um, I can couldn't even drive last week, anyways. So you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It just never ends, and it's like, yeah, obviously. It's probably pretty dangerous. It might be kind of serious or whatever, but also, um, I don't know. You can't, don't necessarily have time to worry about serious shit. Like, I'll, you know what I mean? It's like, I'll get around to it. It's like kind of the best I can hope for at this point. <laughs> good times. Um, yeah. To keep myself in good spirits this week, though, I've been watching all of the Christopher Guest films. I haven't watched Spinal Tap. Technically, that one's directed by Rob Reiner, but it's only written by Christopher Guest. But, I have watched uh, Waiting for Guffman, Dustin Show, Mighty Wind, For Your Consideration, and uh, I guess that's it. Mighty Wind. But yeah, I recommend everyone watch Christopher Guest movies. They're all relatively short, like 90 minutes at the most. They're just like funny little... I don't know if you're familiar with Christopher Guest. It's just funny people ad-libbing. Like, yeah, with, it's like they have a really broad story. broad story and like, go figure it out. Yeah, like the dialogue is not necessarily written. It's like, this is what's supposed to happen in this scene. Go for it. And then you'll just have like Ed Bagley Jr. talk about learning to play the theremin and Sweden or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, wild shit. So yeah, you know, it's got Eugene Levy and Fred Willard and Christopher Guest. Apparently Christopher Guest has been married to Jamie Lee Curtis since the 80s. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know? What? 
Yeah, for some reason I didn't know that. I also didn't know he's apparently like the fourth in line to some Barry in England. No, I like him all of us now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's like English royalty, or it's not royalty necessarily, but um, aristocracy. Yeah, nobility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some Christopher Guest's facts about you. Um, well, also, where does uh, Jim Varney fall in line to uh, the British throne? Probably not at all. I'm going to say um, Jim Varney seems to be uh, from a long line of like Americans. You know what I mean? Like our family only goes back like a few generations in America. Yeah, so it's not honestly not too long ago. But that's uh, not the case for a lot of white people in the United States, apparently. And especially people in the South, it seems like. Jim Varney's family seems to have been here forever. So I don't think he has um, very, very much uh, attachment to the, the, the old country of England. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, all the first settlers generally were English, but um, I don't think they came from the nobility or aristocracy. They were generally um, religious refugees, I guess you would say. <laughs> not the good kind. no course not and then some of them were just um businessmen right entrepreneurs uh, yeah fun farmer yeah, well as soon as, as soon as they realized that there there was like oh there's resources shit. out here huh yeah maybe not the initial wave right but as soon as it was like yeah, oh, once gotta, things started getting figured out yeah once there was a couple colonies and it was like you weren't gonna immediately die die of thirst on the frigid coast of the northeast then some businessmen show up and like ah, oh, i can grow tobacco What's tobacco? Tobacco. You put it in your nose. You used to, anyways. Now you now you smoke it. Now even uh, tobacco leaves originally they would twist them and put them in their nose and light the ends of them. (coughs) But nowadays they come in cigarettes and you smoke them and you get a heart problem in your thirties. Hooray! Hooray! Enough complaining about my life. What have you been up to? Uh, jack shit, man. I don't know. I'm tired. Kids went back to school, but it's online. Yeah, they're doing online school. I work from home. It's bad. Um, I don't know. I feel like I never have enough money or or free time between like to. I don't know the this kids school and helping them and like my own work. I just really feel like I have no time for shit. No time for shit. Yeah, it kind of sucks. So tired. Tired. So goddamn tired. So tired. And then um. I don't know, I guess our podcast isn't really about complaining about uh, politics, so... Well, it kind of is. What is it to complain about, Kyle? It seems like it's been smooth sailing. Well, yeah, that's basically what I was going to say, is like, um, things aren't getting better. They seem to be getting worse. Check in with other podcasts for the details. <laughs> if you want. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't fucking know anymore. I support... Whatever you're doing in general to stay sane and try to help other people, people that are listening. And then uh, I don't fucking know what to do anymore. I got to go to the doctor so I can survive. <laughs> I mean, if once like war is declared in the streets, right? I don't want to have a bum ticker then. I need to get this taken care of, <laughs> I need to get this taken care of now. Well, what if you need the, the, the medicine for your bum ticker when war is war declared on the streets? I'll just um, rob a pharmacy as quick as I can. There's this right down the street. <laughs> I feel like you're not going to be the first one to think of that. I'm maybe I'm hoping to be the. But first. I made that heart one, the first one to think of heart pills, probably. Well, I'm hoping to be the one that like jumps the gun the quickest. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, yeah, I'll just wake up one night and have a feeling, and like things won't have like gone to shit yet. It'll just be a regular Tuesday, but I'm like, 
I have a feeling by Friday things are going to be fucked up. So I'll rob it on Tuesday. <laughs> and I just got to evade the police for a couple days. But uh, until then, we, uh, I don't know, we're watching summer movies still. Could you tell I tried to pick the movies so that we'd watch summer movies all summer? Yeah, this is a summer movie. Dirty Dancing is in this one are for sure summer movies. Yeah, and Stand By Me. and uh, But, um... This one's, uh, man, oof, this is another casualty of my childhood. Like, yeah, I used uh, to love movies as a kid, but this, this is not fun. It's really uh, just real emblematic of the bad 90s kids shit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we're mostly, this episode's giving My kids me, liked it. I watched it with the kids, they liked it, which I guess, you know, it still holds up if you're a kid. You yeah. know, kids like bullshit, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I um I enjoyed it for what it is. Um, and this episode is more going to be just a celebration of Jim Varney than Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> to be honest, because he is a pretty cool guy. VHS Cole presenting the one, the only, the original Ernest P. Worrell in his first motion picture. Ernest goes to camp. Rated PG. Know what I mean? Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check your local newspaper. Uh, obviously, everyone's going to know him probably for being Slinky Dog in Toy Story, right? I feel like he's still got to be known more for Ernest than Slinky Dog. Like our generation, for sure. But um, anyone listening to the podcast who's like not in their 30s, I'm going to guess, probably Slinky Dog. If you're not in your 30s, I need you to turn off this podcast right now. Yeah, right. I don't want to fucking loser ass 30 year olds <laughs> listening to our podcast. They're no, the weird- loser ass 20 year olds. Yeah, the loser ass 30 year olds are the weirdest people on Twitter. They're all fucking weird. That's what Twitter <laughs> is. What are you fucking talking about? Normal people are on Twitter. That's why you and I are on it. Yeah, but I mean, the people in the 30s are the ones that are actual journalists or want to be journalists adjacent. They're the weirdest people. <laughs> They're the weirdest people. <laughs> or people that uh, like use like two paragraphs to um, of like a word salad to basically just say they don't like women. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh, the specific dig at that uh, one. Um, she looks like uh, Shannon Sossman's brother from Red Scare, the Red Scare podcast. Uh-huh. Her name's Anna something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks like Anna, Shannon. Anna, Russian last name. Cashian or whatever. Yeah. yeah, she always just says absolutely nothing, but then just to get around the corner to say that she doesn't like women or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking the weirdest. It's the weirdest grift. <laughs> It's not, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's like it's kind of well the grift is uh is not that she doesn't like women I don't th- I think she legitimately has an issue with women well she had seems to have um self esteem issues herself that she absolutely projects all over Twitter all the time well if that's I, what I do on if Twitter I could be a shitty psychoanalyst dude or whatever but I think in her case it's like pretty obvious that she's like working through some shit which I don't want to hold that against her, right? People got to do that, I guess. And it's weird to air it all on social media, but everyone does that to varying degrees, it seems like. But um, yeah, the grift is just like, hey, you're a white leftist who's kind of uncomfortable about um, most of what leftism stands for. Listen to our podcast where everything is basically like conservative uh, scare tactic shit. <laughs> but they wrap it up <laughs> in leftism. Yeah. So that's the weird one. Yeah, the, the, that actually um, seems to be like a, a the most popular podcast on the left. Well, a, a couple years ago, we're definitely the ones that like were wrapping up their weird right wing conservative lingo with like leftist propaganda. No, so what it is, I think there's a difference between what Red Scare does and like the other prominent uh, podcasts. In that, the other prominent left wing podcasts, their problem is that uh, at the top of the list, before they're anything else. They're internet nerds, right? 
Oh yeah. So they're just perpetuating the same memes and culture that exists on the internet, which happens to be um all come from 4chan, essentially, right? There's the 4chan to the rest of the internet, like fucking trickle down meme economics. Ugh. So um just by being internet nerds and being exposed to that culture and using the language of internet nerds, it like it makes it sort of adjacent to other avenues of the internet, which is usually at least in the time period up until recently, has been more to the right. So I think it can be misinterpreted as them actually being or encouraging these ideas, even though they're just being fucking weirdo internet consumers. I mean, that are, to be frank, there's not really much of a distinction between... Uh, I mean, it's uh, that's what I mean when I say, like, I don't, I don't like Chapo Trappos because they're dorks, because they're just internet nerds, right? And internet nerds are all, have always been fucking weird to me. As much time as I spent on the internet and stuff, I always tried to push away from it and, I, you know, try to be... Uh, somewhat normal in real life, you know. I don't people that are like super engaged and just being online and having the best riffs all the time about the internet. That's fucking weird to me, you know. I don't think that makes anyone necessarily an evil person or anything, but it's just like you're you fucking lame. Not John Wires approved is what I would say, <laughs> right? Because John Wires is. Let's about let's go that. to his Twitter and see what he's. Oh wait a second. <laughs> yeah, he's not about dogmatic thought in general, so. Um, I don't know. I live my life based off like John Waters, and that's that's how it is. I think John Waters is the only beacon in my life on how I choose to operate. And usually, people that aren't in line with that, I think, are kind of weird. So that's, uh, that's basically uh, everybody. Yeah, and that's why I have to go to the doctor for my bum ticker. It's because my blood pressure is probably all over the place because I have to just constantly deal with these people that are um, <laughs> that are just weird to me. They would see they're technically normal in the broad spectrum of how society views people but to me they're weird and i gotta deal with them all the time i'm not talking about people on the internet and shit talking about real life when you go to the gas station and you have to like pretend to be friends like with like the 50 year old weirdo you know that's it's not me man i don't care about fucking what's going on in the major league baseball i guess if you would have talked about basketball it would have been fine but you want to talk about basketball the crowd noises are amazing I like you that. Technically, um, are you can press a button to make him cheer, but I don't. It doesn't seem to have any uh, <laughs> connection yeah, to me. It's pretty weird, yeah. And then um, I like there's all the shots of like players clipping through the crowd and stuff because yeah. it's just like an overlay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's um, there is something like uh, uh, I not even like postmodern, like post internet about it. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah, yeah it's almost like. Weird, uh, it's weird someone, art piece almost. Like you would almost see this. This would almost be something in like Batman uh, Beyond. Well, it's. Do you remember that Indonesian uh, news channel that got popular for a little bit? On oh, the and they did like the CGI reenactment. They, yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's like an uncanniness to it where it's like, oh, is this? This is oh, this is boring dystopia. <laughs> I'm glad the boys are back on the court. Uh, uh, of course, our team, the Golden State Warriors, uh, dead last in the West. Won't be seeing them anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I like at this point, I'm like, I guess I like the Clippers now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just watching, going like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just fun. I always have to like choose a team that I want to like root for. I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna try to figure it out. Fanduel's giving away ten dollars, so I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that and give it. Put ten dollars down, and if they win, that's gonna be my team. Hell yeah! <laughs> and then I'm gonna buy a burrito with that twenty dollars. 
You can get like two burritos for $20. You can get like I can three get like burritos. Four burritos for $20. At Los Faves, Filiberto. Filiberto's actually gotten expensive. You know, yeah, it's like not, seven bucks for a burrito. Yeah, I was like, what is this, huh? You're trying to be a real franchise now, huh? They, I mean, they are like Filiberto's and Papachevos. They're like all over the Southwest now. Los Faves is better than Filiberto's. I'll yeah. get my grave over that one. Los or Filiberto's is open all the time. That's like uh, Friday night after the stream. Talked to my ex girlfriend on the phone for like a couple hours because we were both drunk and we were watching the movie together or whatever. But like, I was like, damn, I need something to eat. And then I went to go look at Postmates and ah, the, the old standby Filiberto's are happy to deliver to me at two in the morning. <laughs> oh my God, I feel bad for that fucking Postmates driver to deliver to your ass at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, they just dropped it off at the door. <laughs> I, I was drunk too. Well, yeah, I was like, man, there's, I was like, all right, I'm going to order it, but there's no way someone's driving like around for Postmates right now. Yeah, you have uh, someone's going to be woken up for that, right? I don't know. There must have been because it was showing like multiple like places were open, both oh, of them, Filiberto's and then a Denny's. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would assume that would mean like someone's on call, right? <laughs> Jeez, man, I don't <laughs> want to be the dude. Maybe you get my good money at two o'clock on, on doing Postmates. I don't know. I don't know. I gave him the biggest tip I possibly could because I was like, this three dollars. And I think it was like four or five, but it was like, um, I don't know. It's two in the morning. I've, I don't, I can't drive drunk. That's crazy. So, you know, you got to do what you got to <laughs> do. That's my postman's driver. I guess I could have eaten at home, but it's different. Life's different when it's two o'clock, right? I don't know. I like to, I like to make cook breakfast for myself when I'm drunk at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, that would have been pretty nice. All right, um, shit. Let's talk about Ernest. Oh yeah, uh, summer's is coming to a close though. We only got a few more summer movies. Is my point. We're coming up on the hundredth episode, right? Uh, yeah, this would be ninety-seven, I think. The death of summer over the next couple episodes, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the death of it all for the hundredth episode. But then, but the, then after after that hundredth episode, though, we're gonna take a little tour of Italia. Oh, uh, Ah, we're gonna be going through the, the north of Italy for a while. Take a little tour. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. But for now, summertime. What does it mean? What has happened? I well, just, this summer for me means uh, it's really hot, like incredibly hot. Like it's been like 115 every day almost. Yeah, we're breaking records every day. Um, my air conditioning doesn't really work. <laughs> and um, and I'm um, just a little going crazy, I think. Yep. This summer was um, a stay indoors as much as possible. I guess it kind of is in Arizona, but normally I also like will go to the pool. And, yeah, like, I mean, like last summer we were down, we went to the community pool like every day almost. I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like I normally do a little bit in the summertime. Not this summer. This is the year without party rocking. The year. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> when uh, when uh, when we're we're allowed out again, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on some LMFAO in my headphones and just walk around the mall and start shuffling. Yeah. So um, this summer was all about living vicariously through '80s movies. Thank you for joining us. So the the uh, we should have watched a better one than Ernest Goes to Camp. There's a better there's a there's a better summer camp movie out there. Uh, they are. We'll get around to them next year. But now it's time for the death of summer. Um, what's exciting about right now, though, is uh, usually when the summer starts to end, I get a little bit sad, but then I'm really excited about Halloween, right? 
<laughs> luckily this year it's um summer's been completely unenjoyable. Um now I'm sad because my heart's literally broken. And then there's probably not going to be Halloween anyway, so there's nothing ever to look forward to. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Me and Court were talking about how it's probably not going to be a Halloween. We're like, we got a bunch of cardboard in the garage. Let's just make a fake house inside our house. And then kids can go trick-or-treating. Whoa, a spooky house. It's spook. Yeah, I'm just going to do like a crazy ritual on Halloween or something. I'll sow in, see if I can invite in the spirits or ancestors to get some power, promote this podcast. I don't know. Bridget, my ancestors, they had very little power. Maybe that Thomas O'Shaughnessy guy, he seemed pretty cool. That dude lived till he was like 100 and he had like 15 kids. Uh, and he was having kids into like his 60s and 70s and shit. But um, I mean, I'm just, if we go far enough back, I'm sure like banshees and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Ooh, <laughs> druids. Yeah, the she, it'll be the fairy stuff. She, the she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go everybody yeah all right fucking that's ramble this is a ramble episode i'm i'm I, this is a ramble cast i'm sean that's kyle fuck off now it's shout cast <laughs> anger cast yeah um oh, i guess cast. my brain's usually all usually all over the place and then um this week I'm not, um, it's not mine's i'm firing and i'm just firing all over the place though my my brain is working great, but my heart's not. And then it's heightened anxiety. Like I'm like fucking on walking on like fucking cat paws. With like, Sunshine out, like with my claws out and shit. Because like it, the heart thing, it, like it's, it makes me even more anxious, right? Because I'm just like focusing on it. Ah, like Jim Varney. Yeah, and then it's also like, oh, what if I? I guess I do care about dying because I feel like I haven't done enough yet, right? And then also it's like, man. I fucking gonna die without like falling in love again. That's bullshit. And like, I'll never fall in love again. I guess I have conflicted feelings about my mortality. But then it's also like, I'll die tomorrow fighting the cops. (laughs) I don't know. Arizona's weird. It is kind of like the Wild West out here, except for um, if everything was owned by a corrupt dollar store manager. Yeah, like the Wild Wild West. I don't know what, I guess. <laughs> what Wild Wild West novels you were reading, but all mine had <laughs> evil oil barons in them. <laughs> it's similar to the film we watched, Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> all right, we got to it. We did it. <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp. All right, who's Ernest P. Worrell? Uh, he's Ernest P. Worrell. He's a fictional character portrayed by Jim Varney. In, um, he started off in television commercials around uh, the Nashville, Tennessee area. After commercials, he did eventually get his own TV series called Hey Vern, It's Ernest. I don't remember the TV series, do you? Uh, I know of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, maybe it didn't air where we were at. No, I think and, it was like one of those local shits, and then maybe it got syndicated. Uh, um, I'm sure I have it here in my notes, actually, because I feel like this show, a lot of his commercials were local, but then he started to be used in national advertising campaigns, and I think the show came from that. So it might have been... National. I just think of how what a crazy story it is. This dude's like, yeah, my comedy character that I do advertising for. Now, now we're doing TV shows and movies. Fucking Disney movies. Disney produced like the first seven of them. That's crazy to me. But yeah, because he's just like, I'm out here in Nashville, and we're selling fucking Splash Mountain to Nashville residents. <laughs> Splash Mountain was from Song of the South, so I feel like Nashville residents are already on board with that one. Well, it is. You didn't know that. That's why they're, re- they're reskinning it to um, 
Princess and the Frog. I knew that there was a bunch of racist shit on Splash Mountain, like Brer Rabbit and stuff. I didn't realize it was specifically from Song of the South. Yeah, that movie that they don't even acknowledge anymore. Uh, there's a lot of people that would be like, well, if you go back in time to any corporation in their past, you'll see that they were friends with the Nazis and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't make Disney better. That just makes all corporations bad. Come on, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you just got to go one step further. You're there. Just take it just one more step. Uh, the Ernest character was created by Jim Varney, as well as the national advertising agency Cardin and Cherry, uh, but specifically uh, the Cherry guy, which his first name is uh, Don <laughs> Don Cherry. Um, the, you the, did the, the notes. Yeah, I just have them in a weird order. John, it is John Cherry. Ah, damn it! I'm how good am I? I mean, what other names do white men have? <laughs> <laughs> Brad. Brad. There's one of these kids. Uh, I don't know if they give the kid the other kids' names, but one of them is definitely Brad. You know uh, the 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 um the white boy names that exist now, the more modern ones are like the worst. Like uh, kids like Forrester and Trapper and like, <laughs> Trapper. <laughs> yeah, like those are the fucking uh, weird Trapper's ass a names. real ma- weird name. Yeah, and the Tanner. <laughs> they're all like these those are, are all, last names asshole yeah, they're, these, they're, these, are all those people, are, these are people's jobs, jobs. <laughs> back in like the frontier <laughs> this is my uh, son rendezvous this is my son blacksmith <laughs> Blast, blacksmith johansson get your ass over here yeah so white people they're, they're at it again i know a lot of people don't think it's funny when white people make fun of other white people but if you listen to the beginning of the podcast you'll have noted that i f- uh, always feel different than most other people so white people <laughs> so see it makes it okay <laughs> white people do seem pretty strange to me a lot so i can make fun of other people's naming the children if you want um that do, do you think the the name kyle my name got popular in the late 80s early 90s because of kyle mclaughlin being famous because twin peaks and stuff because before that, I just like not anyone was named Kyle. Fuck if I know, man. Sure, why not? I, it's got a, something like got something had to have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so the first Ernest commercial was filmed in the year of our Lord, 1980, and it advertised an appearance of uh, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders at the Beach Bend Park, an amusement park near Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green is where that massacre took place, right? Yeah, the Bowling Green massacre, <laughs> <laughs> the fake shooting, right? That's correct. Yeah. So the format of the commercials, uh, it doesn't vary very, seldom varied. We'll phrase it that way. It didn't vary very much. (laughs) (laughs) They're uh, scripted to be comedic and fast-paced, real snappy, right? You know, like, you get it. You watched the movie. You saw his antics. He talks fast. He thinks fast. (laughs) He thinks wrong, though. Yeah. Ernest dressed in a denim vest and a baseball cap would appear at the door of an unseen, unheard, and seemingly unwilling neighbor named Vern. Uh, the spots were structured in a way to allow the viewer to be Vern as Varney looked directly in the camera whenever Vern was addressed. So it was shot from the perspective of Vern, and Var- Jim Varney as Ernest would be talking to you. Uh, Vern is never shown to say anything, but it is implied that he finds Ernest to be an unwelcome pest due to him trying to slam his door in Ernest's face on a few occasions. Vern also shakes his head no whenever Ernest invites him to do something. And Ernest, despite having good intentions, is utterly oblivious to Vern's apparent distress regarding him and always regards Vern as his closest buddy and confidant. Well, that's kind of like uh, the whole Ernest character wrapped up 
right there. You know what I mean? He's just uh, doesn't quite get what everybody's uh, what everybody thinks of him, and always has the best intentions in heart, but is uh, completely inept at what everything he does. Uh, yeah, I Ernest is um, a man child. Is the thing, right? He's just uh, just a good hearted. Oh, gee, golly, doing my best, uh, but also terrible because you're a grown man who doesn't know shit, right? But he's got like the that's even the one of the plot elements of Ernest Scared Stupid, right? Is he has the heart of a child, so <laughs> right, <I forgot>. yeah, which is like, yeah, put a hat on a hat there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why he, I believe, he started to resonate with children, right? Because he just he seems like a child, He's a big kid, yeah. And if you watch it now as an adult, it's like, oh yeah, he is just kind of like a child, which is completely, uh, I mean, really just degrades the the virtuous job of being like a uh, a groundsman or um, a janitor or the handyman at an apartment complex, or because Ernest is always just doing those jobs, right? And it's like, yeah, this fucking idiot, what could he do? He fixed signs and shit <laughs> like for the camp or whatever. Fucking losers. It's like, those are hard jobs. Movies. Come on, movies. <laughs> Stop being so mean. <laughs> Anti-working class propaganda. It's everywhere. Uh, the Ernest ads were shot with the handheld film camera at the National Area home of producer John Sherry. That's cool. They're just filming in his kitchen and shit. <laughs> And uh, as the number of clients increase, Varney sometimes did upwards of 25 different versions of a spot in a single day. Holy God. Yeah. The other producer, Coke Sam, stated that Varney had a photographic memory and would read through the script one time, then insert the various products' names on different tapes. Yeah, so um, he's a genius. <laughs> I don't know if that may be having a photographic memory to a genius, but it certainly helps. Yeah, I mean, it would fucking make his job easy as shit, right? Well, yeah. It's just like, all right, it's going to be the same script. Just insert these 15 names. And he's like, all right, read through it once and drop 15 names in. There we go. Let's all head on home and have us um, a mojito. What do the gentlemen in the South drink, you think? Oh, a uh, mint julep. <laughs> oh, we got a mint julep. <laughs> kind of like a mojito. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like a mojito. Mm-hmm. Uh, commercials and the characters had a definite impact. Children especially seemed to imitate Ernest and his. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, apparently, there was um, a Bay Area uh, car dealership that had Ernest commercials. But I don't. I don't really remember seeing them. Oh, but maybe shit. you do. Was, I do. Uh, yeah, I just remember the movies. But the I guess it was like the. I would have been pretty young when the Ernest commercials were on. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I definitely have vague memories of him in like a car dealership. Yeah, it was wow. like Thomas Sullivan's something. Oh, I, mean, I couldn't tell you what the fucking dealership yeah. was. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, there was some car dealership in Sacramento, and the commercials aired all around the um, Bay Area. And then, do you also remember there the commercial uh, for a, a local business that was. It was either a barbecue place or a furniture moving place, or it might have been both. But <laughs> the commercials were um, like some local kid who was good at dancing, and it, the commercial would just be like, "Go Roscoe, go Roscoe." Yes, dancing. Yeah, I, that doesn't have anything to do with Ernest. I was just that. Oh, you're just asking me what I remember. I'm just trying to. I thought that you were gonna say, it. and that guy turned out to be. <laughs> no, nah, that one. The, yeah, he didn't turn out to be famous or anything. I don't think, but that one was just weird because I can't remember if it was. I swear it was for barbecue and furniture removal, like removal. I swear it was. Like, <laughs> it's got a furniture removal, but hey, we got a barbecue. We're going out back. 
Or maybe it was the furniture removal was the business, but they served barbecue in the parking lot. Because remember that that was the thing of like back then. Oh, where yeah. like the, like, oh we got hot dogs in the parking lot. Yeah, like you used to be able, you used to be able to go to Home Depot and get hot dogs and stuff. Pulled and then, too. Yeah. Or you could get um what's the teriyaki skewers called? There's a specific word for it, but like they had those outside of like the gardening place or something. I don't know. I just feel like for a while in the 90s in the Bay Area that people were serving food in the parking lots. Lots of <laughs> <laughs> Every place had food. Yeah. It was, a, it was a hot deal. You go in and you get garden supplies, get some teriyaki skewers. You're thinking of the nursery, though, not the gardening place. Oh, yeah. Maybe that is what I'm thinking of. Remember the that's what had that little sandbox? Yeah, that's yeah. it was a nursery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was great to be a child. Now that I think about it. Go Roscoe. Go Roscoe. Not, not in, during COVID because there's no uh, food and parking lots out here right now. And also, like, school seems um much more structured somehow. It seems like they have less free time, that's for sure. Yeah, which seems weird because um, productivity is through the roof in most lines of business in, in the world. Well, I don't see what that has to do with anything, Kyle. Well, they're trying to train you to be a little cognitive. No, 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 no. no. You, you make the same amount you've always made. But the machines were working so good. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I had a really, uh, I had a really funny conversation with uh, a manager one time. Who, uh, yeah, you, you, he was uh, a manager when we worked at, at Relay. So, uh, uh, which one? Know, Dustin, the tiny little man. Oh yeah, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, after like two years, when we worked at um, Check Free, and we didn't get raises for like the second year row because of the financial mm-hmm. crisis, and look, me and this other dude, like, hey, the stock price is up. Uh, 40% this year. What do you mean you don't have money for raises? Like He's like, I don't see what stock prices have to do with raises. <laughs> the profitability of the company, huh? Fuck off. Interesting. Yeah, that was uh, like the last year I worked at the, the bank, the, my most recent like real job, that we would get like a quarterly newsletter from the corporation that owned it. And they were, <sighs> it was like, oh, oh one of them was just talking about all the record profits we had and stuff. And then it was like, oh, and by the way, there's not a Christmas bonus this year and no raises, even though we just had record profits. I was like, oh, okay. I'm glad you you sent out that newsletter to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're rubbing your noses with it. Well, I mean, they are. Well, it's basically they're tone deaf about what's going on, but it's uh, obviously. No, they, well, they want you to cheer how great the company is doing, but yeah. not realize how fucking ridiculous know, it is. How it doesn't help you at all. Yeah, and that's really I'm fantastic. The company's doing great, but it means absolutely nothing to me. Unfortunately, though, everyone's really poor and can't miss a day of work because they need the money. So that's how the United States won in the end, I guess. Reagan didn't need to bust up all the unions. He could have just um. No, he did. That's the how he worked. He had to bust up the unions first, and then oh, and then, then the wages stagnate. And you can't afford to miss like in a half an hour of work or you'll die. Hmm. Death cult. The funny thing is that uh, it turns out that almost all businesses are run exactly the same way and that they can't miss a, a single cent of profits. Otherwise they collapse. Yeah, but the government will give them money. No, they'll give certain ones money. The big oh, that's ones. true. Yeah. The ones they're friends with. <laughs> you know, get the money. Fucking Kodak. <laughs> yeah oh well um garden and cherry had begun receiving requests from major national companies the companies we were just talking about (laughs) to use earnest but uh they were largely unable to agree to most of them because of conflicts with the 
exclusive rights local companies received when they had requested earnest commercials to begin with. So, in order to um, make the big dollars off of Ernest, this is when they decide to transition into film and television. Yeah, because Ernest eats Peter Pan peanut butter. You don't want Peter Pan peanut butter? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because they weren't able to get the big dollars from the big business directly. They just went to Disney, a big business, and said, hey, you want to make a movie about this guy and give us big dollars? And that is how industry was born. So Ernest, uh, his first feature film is not actually in an Ernest movie. Uh, He appears in a science fiction horror spoof called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, which Mm -hmm. I've um, never heard of or seen. But Jim Varney's in and he plays a series of characters. One of the characters he happens to play in it is Ernest. Then after that is when they have the Saturday morning sketch comedy series, Hey Vern's Ernest. He also won a, a daytime Emmy award, award for that performance. So I feel it's, that sounds like it's got to have been on TV everywhere. But I don't hmm. remember seeing it. I don't remember at all. That was like, what, 86, 87? Right before Ernest goes to camp, I guess? Yeah, 85 or 86, I think. Huh. I guess I would have been... Just yeah, I would have been pretty young then. I don't know. Yeah. This is the first Ernesto solo film. So after Ernest, hey, Vernon's Ernest, it's time for Ernest Goes to Camp. VHS Cult. He's, uh, Ernest is a lovable loser who works as a summer's camp handyman and dreams of becoming guidance counselor. He must find a way to inspire a group of juvenile delinquents as well as stop a shady strip mining company from closing the camp. You can tell the juvenile delinquents because of how often they bear their midriffs. Yeah, one of them's got a denim vest on. <laughs> also, the only black child you see at the camp. Who <laughs> <laughs> may also be the nicest child in the damn movie. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's a delinquent. So maybe this is just uh, propaganda. I mean, this is one of those one of low-key low, low 80s, racist, racist, 80s racisms. This and like the Native American representation. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is It's just outdated shit, for sure. It's... um. Uh, um, basically this is the height of uh, Reaganism this is the height of neoliberalism and it will continue onwards and get weirder when it comes to race but at this point (laughs) there are no rules (laughs) you just do what you want in movies but um, another thing uh, maybe this is because of other movies though I always assumed camp counselors were like teenagers or like young (laughs) adults yeah that's usually what you see but these ones, the camp counselors here are grown-ass men. Well, here's the thing, too. I, I mean, I have no personal experience uh, uh, at summer camp. I don't know how pervasive it is in society. Was it really popular in, like, the 70s and 80s to send your kids away to camp? So it shows up in a lot of media, which makes me think it was, like, pretty common for some group of people. Cause, like, oh, the children are home from school? Send them away. <laughs> Well, you'll, you're seeing that now, right? With coronavirus, there's yeah, people that like fucking hate their kids, apparently. <laughs> and uh, my mom, our, our mom was just talking about how like she used to like summer vacation because like she just it was easier than getting kids ready for school and shit. And oh man, that's the you best just get part to about, hang out with your kids. <laughs> that's honestly the best part about um, those homeschool shit is like they just wake up at like seven thirty. We kind of eat breakfast. And they uh, kind of slowly ease into the day. This kind of trundle off to the computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound too bad. And then at, at all. three o'clock, we were playing Fortnite the other day. So I don't know. I don't get it. I don't have trouble. I don't have problems with my kids being home. That's I, like fucking. It's legitimately like you don't like hanging out with your kids, huh? That's weird. It's like 
I, I'm, I honestly think a lot of people. I can understand getting sick of them, but you know what I mean? Like, you can get tired you get of anybody. Sick of anybody but, yeah. But I, I honestly feel like a lot of people got duped into having kids because of like societal pressure. And when they really should like sat down and thought about it and be like, maybe I don't want kids, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you have trouble taking care of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a lot of people, you should have sat down and been honest with yourself and be like, you know what? I know there's a lot of pressure from society and shit to have kids. And I'm going to look weird if I don't have kids, but it's actually probably better for me and the kids if I don't have kids. Because <laughs> there seems to be plenty of people that are like, fucking send my kids to school to die. I'm tired of hanging out with them. I'm sending my kids to die any day now. <clears throat> Speaking of summer camps, there's a goddamn summer camp in Georgia that like uh, 80% of the kids came down with COVID. Yeah, when I kids read don't that. don't get it or something. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, this is like fucking a good idea for a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> We combine a summer camp with zombies. It's amazing. It's good for 80s horror movie. <laughs> it would have to be said in the 80s, too. Yeah, of course. Because that, that sort of thing wouldn't happen now. No, there's no <laughs> summer camps anymore. Apparently there is. These kids all got it. <laughs> all right. So Ernest goes to camp. Yeah. He goes to camp. Yeah. Know what I mean? Uh, so Ernest is Jim Varney. He plays Ernest, of course, but he's also Jed Clampett in Beverly Hillbillies movie. Remember the Beverly Hillbillies? Oh yeah, what a great casting! That is a pretty good movie. He's pretty good in it. Uh, he's also Slinky Dog in Toy Story, which the kids will remember him for. Except for he's only Slinky Dog in the first two Toy Stories because he dies in real life. In between the second and third one, oh, sad. He's also in a very good episode of The Simpsons where he plays a, a carny dad. <laughs> a carny grifter dad. Yeah. <laughs> I said we were beaten by the best, boy. <laughs> Bart and Homer. And it's pretty good. Check it out. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called Bart the Carney, actually. The, the best part is how they trick him at the end. Like, we're going to do a hoop toss and they just run inside the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They try to get it over the chimney. This is where right? we uh, just uh, talk about Simpsons episodes we like. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Simpsons rules. Have you ever watched the old school wrestling podcasts? No. The uh, most the ninety percent of the, the that 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 show is people them talking about Simpsons. <laughs> they're actually from like live in Ireland though, so maybe it's more funny when they talk about it because they have a Dublin accent. It's not as funny when we talk about it because we have neutral California accent. Oh, should we do start doing Irish accents? I don't know if I can do quite the Dublin <laughs> one, but I can definitely do like a r- more rural accent. I've been working on the Belfast one. I'm not ready to reveal it yet, but I like the Belfast one because of how they, they there's a lot of sh, a lot of shs in it. Like T's become SHNs and stuff. The Dublin accent, uh, the R's are too much like the Boston accent, and I always <laughs> slip right into Boston, so I can't do it. The Dublin city accent is the one that I think is terribly boring. Obviously, like the Dublin County uh, outlying uh, area is fine, but people in uh, Dublin city sound like they, they sound stuffy in English. <laughs> Jim Varney. Born in Lexington, Kentucky. And as a child, he displayed the ability to memorize long poems and significant portions of the material from books, which he used to entertain family and friends. Oh, that's crazy. That's that photographic memory you talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone who watched Big Bang Theory is going to say mm-hmm. something stupid about <clears throat> not being photographic. I don't remember the shit from Big Bang Theory. Fuck off. Don't watch Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that's movie. That shows about fucking sex predators disguised as nerds or whatever or the f- i guess the fact that nerds are usually predatory too is what it accidentally reveals or just that every- all men depicted in sitcoms are all sex pests <laughs> <laughs> 
When Varney was a boy, his mother would turn on cartoons for him to watch, and his mother soon discovered that Varney, qu- Varney quickly began to imitate the cartoon characters. So she started him in children's theater when he was eight years old because she's like, I'll make a buck off this kid. Oh, damn it. I used to imitate cartoon characters. My mom never tried to make a buck off me. We didn't have, we didn't have that beginning buck to get you in the, the theater classes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have bucks to make bucks is what they say. <laughs> I'm sure Solano County offered some sort of free child acting class. Man, I don't think so. That does not sound. <laughs> what are you even talking about? They even they, they didn't they didn't even have buses to school. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know about that. Got the Jelly Belly Factory, and that was it. Uh, there was a, the Einheiser Bush too. Oh well, uh, Jim Varney did have an established acting career before his famous Ernest. In 1976, Varney was a regular cast member on the television show Johnny Cash and Friends. He also played a recurring guest in the faux late night talk show Fernwood Tonight. And from 77 to 79, Varney was cast as Seaman Doom and Gloom Broom, (laughs) the television version of Operation Petticoat. And just prior to his stint as Ernest, he was a cast member on the notorious television flop, Pink Lady and Jeff. (laughs) Why is it so notorious? Two Um, people watched it. I don't know. I was going to read more about it, but then I forgot to. It was going, I do know it was going up against Love Boat at the time, which was like the most popular show of all time at that point. And he was a touring stand-up comic. He used to do character comedy, which you may be familiar with because he does several impersonations in the Ernest movies. He's always doing the old lady. Yeah, he doesn't do it in this one, though. No. In his um, stand-up comedy performances, he would impersonate uh, numerous characters with elaborate backstories. And then, yeah, he would use them again in the films and TV commercials. A lot of them were part of... The world family, family right? Like one's yeah. a granny and shit. Well, I was Mom, looking at Mom. his Wikipedia page for Ernest, and they have like a family tree on there, and it's like forty characters deep of different like worlds he's done at some point. <clears throat> it's like fucking Eddie Murphy, the uh, yeah. nutty professor. But that uh, folds back into his incredible memory, though, right? His ability to manage multiple characters and backstories all the time. It's pretty interesting. Seems like he's an interesting guy. Just like your old pal Kyle, Jim Varney was a longtime chain smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I consider you a chain smoker. Nah. I mean, I used to smoke a lot more than I do now. And I also used to drink a lot more. And when I drink, I smoke more. So I don't know. That's my biggest complaint about my heart, honestly, is like the last four years, I've become like so much healthier person than I was like for the previous decade. And then uh, now my heart's like, we give up. (laughs) Uh, During the filming of Treehouse Hostage in 1998, he developed a cough. At first, he presumed it was a cold caused by the climate change of where the movie was being made. But as it became worse, Varney began noticing blood in his kerchief. And when filming was complete, he sought medical treatment and was diagnosed with lung cancer. (gasps) So he broke bad. Well, he quit smoking and continued to make movies. And he eventually returned to Tennessee where he underwent chemotherapy. However, on February 10th, the year 2000, he died at home in Tennessee at the age of 50. He was buried in Lexington Cemetery in Lexington, Kentucky. Rest in peace, Jim Varney. Yeah. Um, So he was very good friends with one Mr. Robin Williams. Did you know that? No, I didn't know they were friends. Yeah, so along with Robin Williams, Varney was one of Los Angeles Comedy Store's original alumni. 
And between 1987 and 1990, Disney released four Ernest movies that generated a total of over $100 million, which that's pretty crazy. The budget on these Ernest movies are like $2 million, $5 million, $7 million. <laughs> So like here, uh, uh, Ernest goes to camp, Ernest saves Christmas, Ernest goes to jail, Ernest scared stupid. No, Ernest scared. So after the four that Disney released, they made five more Ernest films that released independently. Those ones were generally straight to video, uh, which Ernest Scared Stupid was one. Ah, Disney really? What were ones, the four then? The Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest, Ernest Saves camp, Christmas. Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail, and... There's like Ernest Goes to Africa, but that's got to be one of the last ones. Yeah, that's one of the later ones. I, I always remember the Simpsons one, uh, Ernest versus the Pope. All right, so Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Goes to Jail... It must be Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, it looks like Scared Stupid and then Rides Again. And then I know Rides School. I know Rides Again is the first independent one. So yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid did come out in theaters. Wow. It looks like Ernest Rides Again came out in theaters too, and then all the other ones were direct to video. Oh, well Ernest Rides Again is the first one that Disney's not involved with. Slam dunk, Ernest. Hmm. Yeah, so anyways, he made a bunch of money for uh, Disney, is what I'm saying. Hopefully he made a bunch of money for himself. I think he did. He seemed to be doing all right. Uh, this is shocking, or it was to me when I read it. Um, uh, Jim Varney is uh, six foot two. He's my height. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't seem super. Who was that giant it? man that they got to fight him? <laughs> yeah, that kid was pretty huge. So he's reported to have had a near genius IQ level, whatever that means. Obviously, the um, validity of IQ and what it actually represents is uh, heavily debated and doesn't seem to really represent very much of anything. But uh, I don't know. He seems like he's a pretty smart guy. He can remember shit. And, <laughs> Which seems to be all IQ is sometimes. Well, that's like everyone's always uh, like commending me on like how smart I was and shit. But it's I just remember shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Because yeah. I just remember everything I read. So like I do. Well, here's some facts. <laughs> here's some fucking trivia. That's what this podcast is too. Every time you've heard me reference other movies or talk about <laughs> shit like that, it's just because I remember it for some reason. It's not like I have a greater understanding of film or anything. I just remember all of David Lynch's filmography for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, um, he was said to be occasionally exasperated with fans who met him and assumed he was exactly like the world character he portrayed, which is obviously not the case. He was a very uh, serious actor. No, I'm going to be in Hamlet soon. Not really, though. It seemed like he was... I'll play uh, the ghost, the dad ghost. It seemed more like he was, like, fun and cool to hang out with. Like, he spent most of his free time doing Make-A-Wish stuff with kids as Ernest. I don't think he was actually that serious. Oh, yeah? Did he beat John Cena's record? No one can beat John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan was watching TV with me the other day, and a commercial came on with John Cena, and he's, like, riding a bull or some shit, and he's like... Why does John Cena always look like he's constipated? Because <laughs> he's... <laughs> it's all that fucking protein. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, I can't poopies! <laughs> this, like, That's what he says, right? So John Cena, I feel like, is going to have just as big of a historical impact as, say, like, The Rock will, but, like, not in the same respect that The Rock has. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even to a certain extent, he won't get the same credit like Hulk Hogan got even. No, like uh, Hulk Hogan was like on another level, even to The Rock. Obviously, The Rock is much more respected figure, right? Yeah, but, both for um, his acting and his personality. Yeah, but the like, the phenomena of Hulk Hogan is like that won't ever be like replicated in wrestling. 
unfortunately. Until <laughs> I COVID nineteen's uh, out there running wild. Until I start wrestling with my bum ticket. <laughs> <laughs> You'll your pants and move will be the heart punch. You'll just punch yourself in the heart and die. <laughs> and die. That's that's dun, 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 dun. You know, that's actually like um like uh, comfortably meta for the current like style of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Varney himself sang the song Gee I'm glad it's raining in a single take In this movie where he's like sad And when he finished performing it for the movie Reportedly there wasn't a single Dry eye on set um, I right. don't I don't particularly like the song In the movie because you can tell it's Like heavily overdubbed from a recording mm-hmm. And I kind of wish Like maybe the, the on set recording Wasn't good enough but If it really was that powerful of a performance I think I'd prefer to just have him singing it live On set to yeah, the, 100%. Yeah. Shut the fuck up It wasn't that impressive <laughs> <laughs> uh, So here's a quote from Mr. Varney Himself where he says I started to do a study on how not to How not to do stand up comedy yeah, it's lonely work. You die, you die alone. It's you, the light, and the audience. If you win, you win big. If you lose, you lose big time. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> so. If it's stand comedy, if you win, you win big. Joe Rogan. If you lose, you lose big time. Um, Dave, Dave Anthony, that's the guy that hosts the Dollop. Yeah, <laughs> he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? He wrote for Merit on the IFC. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mean to hate on uh, Dave Anthony too much either. Same thing with Chapa, where it's like I have similar politics to him. Uh, I mean, they're like more socialists, and socialists are kind of wimpy to me as compared to anarchism. But uh, I like I like Dave Anthony more than I like the Chapa guys. I like Dave Anthony a lot more than I like the Chapa. Uh, to me, they're both kind of like in similar veins thing. Where like I don't dislike them; they're just kind of whatever. But <laughs> I just thought that would be that's like a good comparison to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I, I don't know dave anthony doesn't know me but like fucking that's a good dig man like feel it <laughs> <laughs> if you ever catch this episode dev anthony you know what it is uh this film was directed by john cherry the guy that also helped create Ernest. he actually directs every Ernest film all nine of them except for Ernest goes to school for some reason mm, he's busy he's directing yeah. else yeah when um, you got a power, you're a powerhouse like john cherry Hell yeah, man! You made it. He created the greatest advertising character of all time since Donald Duck, orange juice. <laughs> I think you mean the caveman from Geico, or um, Pizza Pizza, <laughs> the Little Caesars dude. The, the Little, Little Caesars, Caesars guy never Caesars. had his own TV show. The lasted two episodes. So the guy, oh Geico caveman, did. Yeah. What about oh the Noid from Domino's? Yeah, he had his own video game. They had to discontinue the Noid because there's a guy whose name was like Harold Noid who was becoming super paranoid about the Noid and um, he thought it was a deliberate marketing, like targeting campaign against him. To I'm sorry, you're saying Harold Noid was paranoid about the Noid? That's right. He was annoyed. He's like, I stay annoyed. Um, Yeah, John Cherry, though. He was the executive vice president and co-namesake of the Nashville-based Cardin and Cherry Advertising Agency for which the Ernest character was developed. He says, I based the character on a man who worked for my father. Uh, he thought he knew everything, but he uh, actually didn't know anything at all. That's actually a little sad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least he had a job. Yeah, that's actually a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the lawnmower, man. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy that worked for his dad. He thought no, because the lawnmower man turned out oh, he was, when he became he, smart, he turned out to be an asshole. Oh, he also was aware he didn't know anything. When yeah, he, uh, that's a good point. 
This guy kind of sounds like an asshole, though. Usually, you know, the people that think they know everything, but they just talk shit. Those people yeah, are usually I assholes. Know, I just, I'm just picturing him like actually Ernest, and Ernest doesn't seem like he was ever an asshole. Oh, yeah. Ernest is not a jerk. It's a problem. This guy he's talking about seems like he'd be a jerk, though. I don't know, though. Uh, the writers are uh, John Cherry and um, Sam Coke, the other guy from the ad agency. <laughs> You can tell the they really know how to write a screenplay from, from this movie, too. They wrote all the other It ones. all comes together. They wrote all the other ones, and so, some of the other ones are better, I think. I remember liking um, Ernest Saves Christmas and obviously Scared Stupid. But. Scared Stupid is a classic, I believe. I believe uh, if you ask anyone which one's the best, it'll be Scared Stupid. But uh, Ernest Goes to Jail has that, that classic switcheroo where there's an evil Ernest and a good Ernest. Yeah, and the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> and the magnets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's some pretty good ones. I, to be honest, Ernest goes to camp. It's their first. It's their first attempt out the gate. You know what I mean? It's it's fine for what it is. Yeah, there's just a lot of like filler and gags, and a lot a lot of like anything else. Well, so like I said, it's the first time out the gate. Well, all they've done previously. Yeah, but are they, have they seen a movie? Yeah, you but put a, there's a story in there. You put it together. Check it out. I was thinking if you think about um, Hot Rod, the first Lonely Island movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cohesive movie, but it is just like they're skating from bit to bit, right? Because that's what they know at the time. All they know is the right sketches. That's just like Ernest. All they know at the time is commercials and little sketches from the TV show. So it's kind of a cohesive movie, but they're just skating from bit to bit, just like the Only Island Boys. The Only Island Boys were way more competent in their first movie than this, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll go along. Yeah, I also haven't watched any of the other Ernest movies in probably close to a decade. So I don't know for sure that these guys get better at it. <laughs> I mean, they definitely get they get better. Because I watched Scared Stupid for Halloween with the kids, but um it's not it's you know, they're not they're not they're not turning out classics really. Yeah, but are the Lonely Island boys? Uh yeah, I mean I I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think maybe it's just because this is the first one, so it's probably not as good as the other ones. They had a TV show to write before this. I'm sure they had help. Admittedly, I think it was a sketch show from what you said. Yeah, they are just like ad agency dudes. What I love about it is, um, I mean, I never want to uh, high five or cheer on like businessmen because they are uh, the enemies of my class, essentially. But I do like that it showcases uh, even with like making films, you can you can kind of just do it. You know what I mean? There's all this shit where like, oh, no, you got to have the necessary skills to do the thing. And there's unskilled labor and there's skilled labor. No, there's not. People can just do shit. Some people are better at it. Like um, David Lynch would make a better earnest movie than these guys. <laughs> but like you, anyone can still just do it. So that's why Disney give me $10 million. I want to make my um, fucking alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. In fact, I bet I, I know more about film than these two assholes do. Come on, let me do it. I even know about different lenses. Check me out. Yeah. So that's, um, honestly, that is the, the, the greatest thing of the, the Jim Varney Ernest um, story to me. Uh, is, so they yeah, just did it. Yeah, they just did it. It was just like some local businessman and an actor comedian. And like, you know what? We came with an idea for an ad campaign. It took like the world by storm enough that he's appearing in fucking Disney movies and shit. And everyone knows who Jim Varney is. At least of our generation, became a worldwide phenomenon just by doing like shitty commercials in Nashville. That's badass. That's real shit. Doesn't happen anymore. Now it's all on the internet. And then fucking 
You just stay. yeah, you can make a Twitch star, and then you're like, oh, I'm be, I'm gonna do a reality TV show, and now I'm gonna, and then somehow you're like, oh wait, no, I'm a rapper, and no wait, now I'm gonna be a Twitch star. I don't know. The ninja's gonna be in movies or some shit. I don't know. The kid seems like a clown. Yeah, but a lot of people in, in movies are clowns. Yeah, that's we, true. We found out. Yeah, I don't know. The it's like that's the internet seems to be the only avenue to um any kind of type of celebrity anymore. Or even just like a middling amount of success, seemingly. Even like in the music industry now, being an independent musician, a lot of it seems to just be building a fucking brand on the internet more than it is producing quality music, right? Because now everything's about your like fucking brand identity. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, I don't know. Once again, society's collapsing. You'll there'll never be another Ernest. I don't know why. I, yeah, there will when the, someone reboots it. <clears throat> Who owns the character right now? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Probably the Coke and Cherry Advertising Corporation or whatever. Who owns the Coke and Cherry Advertising Agency? Coke and Cherry. I think those two guys are still alive. But someday, they'll probably be another Ernest. Ernest rises from the grave. That's what it's going to be called. Ooh, I'll direct that one. Disney, hit me up. Hit me up on that, Disney. I'm ready. Ready to direct. Uh, the, the, so this movie itself, the writing's not very good. Uh, it is, they're just like kind of jumping from one like little skit to skit, right? The the kids are just, I don't know. The, the opening, when the movie opened and it was like the stereotypical racist depiction of Native Americans, I was just like, oh, okay, it's 87. All right, we'll see how this goes. And then all for it to like bookend at the end with uh, Ernest not getting shot because he is a true warrior or whatever. It's like, oh, this is pretty dumb. And then the kids are just like comically 80s bad kids, right? Like that Black Lips song. Bad kids, all my friends are bad kids. Product of no dad kids. Kids like you and me. And it's all just about sniffing glue and like pulling pranks and stuff. (laughs) Because it's, you know, that type of bad kid. Yeah, I'm just doing goofs. It's kids like with like... Immediately the Poison Ivy thing was a little shitty. Yeah, but it's just like kids with like, um, they, they possibly have some like emotional problems, and, the, and what they did is they put him in a special group and gave them all fucking ADHD medicine. <laughs> so uh, that, not in '87, they didn't give me ADHD. Medicine. Oh yeah, I guess not. But you know, it's just like that weird '80s into '90s like treating kids like shit. I guess people still treat kids like shit. We were I just talking the, about people uh, treat their kids like shit. Remember? Yeah, I mean, society has. We started off the episode me talking about how I don't, I don't seem to fit in with society, or I don't like what most society does. And I guess I didn't like it in '87, or all the way up till now. So my entire lifetime, I haven't enjoyed um, the society or culture we live in, and it's just weird to see it all um, perpetuated in films from my childhood. But of course, like watching Ernest goes to camp, like you're meant to relate to the bad kids, anyways, right? So. I don't no, know. you want to relate to those real dicky kids. Yeah, the kids that are dicks to fucking Ernest? I don't think so. Well, the bad kids are dicks to Ernest, too. Like, I kind of didn't relate to anybody. Yeah, I guess the bad kids are dicks, too. But I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's a weird one. Uh, honestly, for it being the first film this dude's directed, I'm sure they have, like, a great DP and, like, assistant director. You know, I'm sure the, the crew's, like, um, has history of making films, but like it looks pretty good for just some fucking asshole ad agency dude <laughs> to direct this movie, you know? Well, they know lighting. They did advertising. Yeah, but they filmed everything in his house. 
in his kitchen and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like kitchens. Right? Yeah, but like you can light a kitchen, you can light outdoors. Everyone knows that. Yeah, like I said though, you know, fucking, there is all this weird gatekeeping about what people can and can't do, what skills you need, or whatever. And there's not there's, humans in general can learn new skills easily. So I don't know. People can just do shit. Yeah, but, but I don't want people to figure that out. I like feeling special. Nah, not me. I want everyone to just do shit. No more jobs. I shit all the time. No more religion. People just hang out and do shit. <laughs> Everyone stream on Twitch. That said, though, it's no Ernest scared stupid. It's no Ernest goes to jail. It's no Ernest saves Christmas. <clears throat> it's a great start. Maybe we'll watch Ernest save Christmas when we get to Christmas time. Wow, to I really re- like Ernest saves Christmas. Yeah, we'll need to redeem Ernest. Because yeah, people listen to this podcast if they went out of their way to watch Ernest goes to camp see them being pretty disappointed <laughs> but Ernest rules he's a childhood friend of mine a childhood figure I got older and learned more about Jim Varney I like Jim Varney and Ernest even more so fuck you alright well he's a real man of the people there's Wu-Tang, Martin Kung Fu Ernest list of things that are for the people <laughs> Ernest is the fifth <laughs> That's right. He's up in the, chambers of That's right. He's in upper echelons. <laughs> uh, next week, though, we'll be watching. Um, it'll be the first appearance of Julia Roberts. Pretty Woman. No. Hook. Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza. Isn't that where uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, draining Adrenochrome and uh, sacrificing those kids to Satan? Correct. We'll talk about that. <laughs> talk about Pizzagate. Uh, Mystic Pizza. We, oh God, I don't want to. Like that place is actually called like Cosmic Comet Pizza. Pizza. Yeah, yeah something like that. Remember when they um the the Hillary e- emails leaked and like f- all the 4chan losers went through them and they're deciphering secret code in them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Fun times. I mean, <laughs> there's like real shit in there too, but they were like. We get hot dogs. What's he talking about? Hot dog with no buns. What's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> this can't be a real risotto recipe. It's <laughs> yeah, that's why I think you talked about last week before where uh, people on the right like get so close with conspiracy theories, but then they just stop it like the Jews did it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so close to understanding like the endless subjugation of the well, because common it's not, man. The problem is like, that but, it's, it's, well, not, yeah, it's not a convenient It's not like a convenient answer, you know what I mean? It's yeah. really complicated and nuanced, and there's a lot of fucking moving parts and garbage and nonsense, and they're like, no, no, no. You know what it is? It's Hillary Clinton down there. She's got kids strapped down there. She's stealing all their adrenochromes. What's I think what's cool about um the QAnon and the adrenochrome and like the recent right wing conspiracy theories is if there is like a nuclear holocaust and like all that the, the civil the future civilization can find of this time period is that stuff. Uh, they'll be able to look at it and um, interpret it as like mythology. You know what I mean? Where you can look at it and. Uh, yeah, he's down there harvesting adrenochrome from kids, but what they were really talking about is just how the poor were expo- or the wealthy and powerful were exploiting the the, the youth and the, the, the poor, right? Which is what vampire tales already are, right? Because we're just re-perpetuating the same myths. Yeah. So they'll be able to read in, read between the lines and figure it out anyways, which is interesting to me. 
but <laughs> but it's not uh, interesting in like that oh it's so coded right no it's because like fucking these idiots need to turn everything into like a fucking sci-fi movie for them to be able to understand it that's why it's so easily transparently like vampire mythology again because they can't come up with any new ideas <laughs> But it's still cute, though. I Although, imagine. ironically, for the vampire thing, I was reading a study uh, the other day that um, uh, plasma transfusion from like someone that's like 18 years old is apparently just as uh, amazing as, as stem cells. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe the vampirism. Yeah, Elizabeth Bathory, the the contest, she just like couldn't. Um, she didn't she, have a centrifuge. What is it? She she knew like bathing in the blood was doing something, right? She's like, you know, this is working for me can't quite figure it out they didn't have the science at the time to realize it was the plasma so she had to do like the whole thing that's all it was but she was just cutting edge she's a real free thinker but also the plasma has to be injected into you right yeah so she wasn't i mean that's the study that the study that i read they were i believe they were injecting it i don't think they were having people bathe in plasma yeah but uh but i could be wrong well i mean you can't absorb too much through your skin right but maybe through your butthole yeah, that's what they were injecting into the butthole. So the yeah. Booster. Well, maybe that's what uh, Elizabeth Bathory was doing, and she was just basing blood and into the through bubble. time, you know, it's gotten... More- exaggerated, yeah. Well, I think the story of her bathing in the blood is also exaggerated, because like I said, it's um, propaganda to make her look crazy to, you know, similar to things they're doing to Hillary. She's crazy enough as it is. You don't got to make up shit like that. <laughs> um, that's, that's Mystic Pizza for you. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic Pizza next week. Ernest goes to camp. Uh, we're probably going to watch uh, Friday the 13th again on Twitch this Friday. Yeah, the fourth one or whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, the, the final chapter. With You're right, it does have Corey Feldman in it. He plays, yeah, I fucking knew it. Yeah, he plays, uh, what's his name? Tommy Jarvis? Oh, yeah, so Corey Feldman plays uh, Tommy Jarvis in uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. So there's uh, Friday the 13th, part four, five, and six all have Tommy Jarvis in it at like different ages, essentially. So there's like a trilogy within the Septilogy that a lot of fans like, which is the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. And four, five, and six. Yeah, it starts with part four with um, Corey Feldman. (laughs) Couldn't get him to come back for five, huh? Nah, he was he was big big shot by then. Well, I mean, they film one of these goddamn Friday the 13th movies every year. He's probably doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that on Twitch on Friday. We'll begin the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. And uh, next week, we'll watch Mystic Pizza. Follow us on Twitter, vhscult.com. Rate and review. I'll, there'll be updates on Twitter, I'm sure, if I don't make it to Friday. So you can skip out on Twitch. <laughs> I'll still stream it. It's gonna, man, I'm, my only, I'm not too worried about it. My only concern is if, like... What if I have to, like, get a stint or something? Oh, you mean those shits that don't work? Well, like, I just don't want to have to have surgery, really. Uh, you, can do, uh, you can do the um, Bill Clinton diet and just eat only vegetables and small children. Adrenochrome. That's for future Kyle to worry about. And by future Kyle, I mean, like, tomorrow. But I'll just enjoy the rest of my Sunday. You should, too, with VHS cult. Enjoy Except the rest if you're listening to a different day, then you listen. Oh, yeah, it'll be Wednesday when you hear this, probably. So happy Wednesday. See you Friday. Maybe. <laughs>